Autos. All right, here we go. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome to Sports Talk. Good to have you back. We've got a lot to cover over the next three hours. That's right. Three big hours. Excited about that. So Jay Jaffe and Jeff Erickson normally join us, but both of them had last-minute obligations, and we needed to reschedule. In fact, I think we're going to have to move Jeff to next week, Jay to tomorrow to start the show at 4 o'clock. So our first two hours are open. We weren't expecting that. That's the beauty of live radio. You never know, Adrian, when we might uh, have a a quick change of plans at the last minute. Yeah, and it's such a bummer, Steve, because there's so much going on in baseball right now. The Julio Rios news uh, happening right now. Baseball is heating up in a big way. Uh, Some guys are hitting the IL, and some teams are still surging to try to get their final wild card spot. And then on the flip side, we're starting football tomorrow. Kansas City Chiefs, Detroit Lions, that kicks off NFL action. So it's a bummer we won't get a chance to hear from Jay and Jeff on our usual time, but we'll catch up with them. We'll it just makes us more excited to talk to our regular guests here on Wednesdays. It does. It really does. But I'll say this. I am excited about the 6 o'clock hour because that will be something a little different. Uh, members of the uh, new team Studio Golf on the program uh, joining us. And this is going to be pretty exciting. Two indoor golf facilities That will be uh, brought to the El Paso community. One on the west side that's going to open up in November. The other on the east side that will open up following that. So we will have the opportunity for the team from Studio Golf to join us in the various indoor golf facilities. And we've worked with them in the past. Um, I'm looking forward to having a chance to talk to Philip and the team from Studio Golf. Me too. This should be really exciting for El Pasoans. Golf really surged uh, since the pandemic uh, happened back in 2020. And I feel like um, now a lot of people here in the local community and across the country have really embraced golf as an outdoor sport and uh, a hobby or a sport that they love to play on weekends. So maybe this is a good opportunity for people to play and practice indoor uh, here on on, uh, both sides of town. I think so. I think so. I'm with you, and I agree. Um, Jump with from yesterday's show. Yesterday's show was um, fast, 90 minutes. We missed a ton of interaction on social media, which we're going to get to today. At 600 ESPN El Paso, by the way, that is our social media handle. We'll we'll read all the posts that have come down because there have been plenty of posts uh, through social. We'll do that. And um, we'll kind of catch up on what we missed. However, I did some digging. Let me give everybody now, it's Wednesday. Let me give you the lowdown on what's going to happen Saturday at 1.30, okay? If you're a Spectrum customer, Saturday at 1.30 is going to be difficult. Because not only do you already not have ESPN and ESPN channels because of what's going on there with Charter Communications, but... There is only one Big Ten channel on the cable platform here in town. And the way it stands right now, the Big Ten Network, which is airing the UTEP game against uh, Northwestern, is also carrying Richmond and Michigan State. And here's the thing. The UTEP-Northwestern game is not the main game on the Big Ten channel. 
it's Richmond and Michigan State. The UTEP game is kind of like the the Big Ten backup game, okay? Now, I do not expect, and I don't know, maybe things change, but the way it stands right now, I do not expect Spectrum, customers in El Paso, to be able to watch the UTEP Northwestern game on Channel 382. I feel like that's going to have Richmond and Michigan State. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe at the last minute they change it up. I don't know. But the the guide says Richmond and Michigan State. And as it stands right now, I believe that's the game that's going to air in town. Now, I had UTEP look into this. And according to the, um, you know, according to Jeff Darby, who's already in Chicago visiting family and getting ready for the UTEP game Saturday, the easiest way, if you are a Spectrum customer, to watch the UTEP game on Saturday, and listen closely, this is important, will be via the Fox Sports app. One more time, the Fox Sports app. They will give you the chance to stream the UTEP Northwestern game. Here's the catch. You have to have the Fox Sports app. So as long as you have access to that, you should be okay. Because I have already checked out the future upcoming guide for Saturday on the Fox Sports app. And UTEP and Northwestern is listed. So that is more than likely going to be the easiest way to watch the game here locally if you are a Spectrum customer. If you're a like Adrian, um, Hulu, YouTube TV, DirecTV, I believe they've got multiple Big Ten channels. So they'll have you covered. They'll have the main and the backup. You'll be fine. Not here. Not in Spectrum. One Big Ten channel is all you get. And that is not the UTEP game on Saturday. So, please, I will repeat this for the next three days as a public service announcement. If you are expecting to watch the minors and you have the sports package on Spectrum and you have the Big Ten channel as part of your package, think again. Go with the Fox Sports app because that will be the easiest way to try to take this game in. You know, one of the things that uh, if you don't have that, if you don't want to go through the app process, just join us at the District West. We'll be having the watch party starting at there 1 o'clock. Oh, look uh, at you. People can just join us. I uh, uh, assured and uh, affirmed with them today that they will have the game on this Saturday. They already checked it. They've got it on their site. So join us out at the District West right by the university. Uh, we'll be there starting at 1 o'clock. We'll have giveaways. We'll have prizes. Uh, Jason Craig will be out there. He'll be DJing as well. So kickoff is set for 1.30. A lot of sports action out at the District this week. We're going to have the UTEP game first. And then after that one, everybody's going to hang around for Texas, Alabama. That one gets kicked off at uh that one kicks off at five o'clock and then afterward uh there's a big ufc fight adesanya back fighting uh this weekend as well no cover out at the district all ages till nine o'clock so you could just join us out there if you don't want to go through all that hassle that's good that's the easiest way to do it right definitely that is the easiest way to do it there's no doubt about that so man uh that's 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 that well first off 
The district is the official tailgate spot of 600 ESPN El Paso and Minor Talk. That's it. That is that is our hangout. That is our place for the entire football season. So as far as I'm concerned, it's the only place to be. You had a great crowd for the first game, big crowd leading up to the home game last Saturday, and there should be another monster crowd out there this Saturday. Yeah, we're really looking forward to it. It's an earlier kickoff, but that means uh, just a lot of excitement. People can feast on those 99-cent wings. People stopped by and told me how much they like them. Orly called in and told me how much the how good the rolled tacos are out at the district. I had those for the first time this weekend and absolutely loved them. So come on out and join us. We're going to have a lot of fun this weekend. Minor Talk Watch Party out at the district starting at 1 o'clock ahead of UTEP Northwestern. Terrific. Speaking of Spectrum, since they've been in the news, as all of you might know, and this was last, this started last Thursday, and it's still the same today, ESPN's parent company, Disney, has been unable to reach a market-based agreement with Charter Communications to keep its channels on their cable system or streaming service. So guess what? Spectrum TV customers, like us, have lost access to ESPN and Disney, which means... No sports, no entertainment, no family programming from the ESPN networks, Disney-branded channels, Freeform, FX networks, even the National Geographic channels are gone. But I've got some good news for you. Customers, you can go to KeepMyNetworks.com for alternate choices, including DirecTV Stream, Hulu Plus Live TV, YouTube TV, Fubo, and more. Here's the best part. All of which can be activated immediately without a service call. So get that done if you haven't done so already. All right, 13 past the hour as we get started here on Sports Talk. 505-6009 gets you right on in and through to the program. That's 505-6009. I went earlier today, Adrian, to um, the uh, convention center downtown. There was a press conference. Okay, And the press conference was to announce some changes with FC Juarez. Specifically, they introduced some new leadership to the area. And that included Luis Rodriguez, who is uh, joined the club. And uh, Luis uh, now a uh, part of what is going to be the new regime. He is the president of FC Juarez. Here's the super cool part about Luis. He grew up in El Paso, went to Coronado, then went to New York and St. John's University, graduated with an MBA from Northwestern, and started working in the MLS League offices, and then went on to work at FIFA with partnership development. So this is a guy that has done a lot of incredible things over the last 15, 20 years. He's back in town with his family. We saw, I saw him earlier today. He had the greatest reaction ever. When I introduced myself, because we never met, he said, man, I grew up listening to you when I was a kid. And my reaction was, look at you now. You're all grown up and you can still listen to me, Luis. Nothing's changed. Man, that is such a cool story right there. I love that. So he's going to be dropping by our River Oaks property schoolyard sports studios over the next few weeks to talk a little bit about FC Juarez. They also 
have a brand new chief sports officer, Andres Fossey, who has a, a huge amount of experience over the years um, in soccer, professional. In fact, you look at what he's done, 26 years with Club Pachuca, and he did it all over there. In fact, 12 championships while he was there, including six of the Liga Meki titles. That's pretty good. And Beto Valdez is their sporting director, and here's somebody who spent 16 years as an analyst and commentator for Fox Deportes and Televisa and uh, broadcasted FIFA World Cups, European Championships, and uh, so much more around here in, uh, in Mexico. So they got a really good, good group in place right now. And the best part is, is that Beto speaks English, Luis is, uh, is bilingual, so they can do more now in El Paso than in the past. Because over the years, FC Juarez has, has predominantly Spanish-speaking uh, front office personnel. And it was always English was always difficult for them. And as a result, they were never really able to get the word out here in El Paso the way they could. That's going to change because now they still have people that are, are running the show and some only speak Spanish. Some are now English speakers. And I think this is absolutely going to open the door to getting more and more people in El Paso aware of everything FC Juarez is doing. The reason I'm a huge fan of this right here is the fact that they're striking while the team is playing pretty well. They've won three of their last five. They're four and two on the season right now. Uh, four, two, and one actually right now. And I, I really liked what we've seen so far from FC Juarez. They have uh, impressed a lot of fans. They've kind of switched their philosophy. Joe Rod has written about it a lot on our, our uh, station's website. But you've seen them go younger with unproven guys who are right now starting to prove themselves through the Bravos program and I think they're a really exciting team to watch so all this change all these new additions that they made to their front office this is coming at the right time I agree with you only one thing that disappointed me at 11 o'clock this morning when I was at this press conference what was that no El Paso sports media was there Mm. okay now channel 7 had a photog there and of course I, I believe um, we also had, you know, 26 was there and some of the stations that, that broadcast, uh, you know, on the Spanish tier. But um, did not see any of the normal cast of characters that you would normally see at a UTEP uh, press conference. Nobody from the El Paso Times was there. Um, and, and this disappointed to me. It really did. I mean, you had all of Mountain Star there. You had Paul Foster. You had Alejandro De La Vega Foster. You had, um, you know, the entire group. Alan Ledford was there. You had the Hunts were there. You had all of these people that were in town being introduced. And I'm looking around going, where the hell is the El Paso sports media? What a disappointment for me that none of you showed up out there. You know, UTEP has a press conference. And you're never going to miss that. But this is still the only true professional top-tier level sport we have anywhere around. Okay, triple A baseball. It's not major league baseball. It's triple A baseball. Okay, soccer, uh, the uh, locomotive FC, that's USL. It's not MLS, it's USL. This is the top division with a budget that is in the millions and millions of dollars. They paid millions of fines just if they don't qualify. So, to be honest, this is part of the trouble. This is part of the problem. Hopefully, this is something Luis can help fix. The fact that 
the El Paso sports media doesn't take this seriously enough when they're in their backyard having a press conference. So you know who you are. Please, disappointing that nobody showed up today. I wouldn't miss this. I thought this was a when I saw this release yesterday, we had 24 hours notice, Adrian. I said, that is something I have to be at. This is going to be a big deal. Nobody else came. Could not believe it in terms of our uh, our normal sports media. Disappointing is the best way to put it. Totally disappointing. All right. 19 past. Good to get started with you here on the show today. We got a lot to catch up on. We've got a busy first two hours with your calls, your comments. We'll pick it up right where we left off yesterday on the show. First, though, Charlie won. Let's get our traffic update going here as we get started on a Wednesday. As expected, I am already getting some of these sports people in this town firing back at me trying to tell me why they weren't there today. It doesn't matter if you were in New Mexico State or UTEP or something else. Listen, this is a bigger deal. It's a bigger deal. You've got somebody who grew up here, grew up in El Paso, coming back after spending years with MLS, FIFA, UEFA, and now he's going to be running the show over here, Coronado grad, should be the biggest story. Don't tell me how you were at the New Mexico State press conference. I don't want to hear that. Or the NSU football practice. No. Not this time. Not this time. They've got one of those every single day. It's not all the time you get a chance to bring FC Juarez here into your backyard to make this kind of announcement. And they had everybody here, by the way. They had the, um, the, the women's, uh, she's the, she now runs the women's uh, uh, FC Juarez, Bravas. They had the whole Bravo staff. They had all the Mountain Star. That's a, I mean, again, Adrian, I'm telling you, there's a huge disconnect in this town when it comes to FC Juarez. And this is, this is what they're going to have to work on. They have to, they're going to have their work cut out for them because, you know, for the most part, it's something that gets covered, but not to the extent that it should. It should be a much, even with Locomotive FC here, even with, Lo- they're owned by the same group, same group, should be a bigger story here than it is. You know, I I just can't say enough on myself. I should have been out there myself. Uh, I feel like this could be even directed at me. I mean, I was I was busy today. I could have moved things around. I could have had a chance to head out there. And I do. I mean, I love the stories that Joe Rod writes for the site. He does a great job talking FC Wadas, and I think they should definitely be celebrated more. I was there. I had you covered. Okay, I represented the radio station. I was there, so that's not that's not the issue. In fact, I was there for like an hour. I mean, it was a good uh, it was a good presser. I'm going to be putting some of that up on the website at 600ESPNElPaso.com, by the way. I've got some things to write about. I've got some stuff I want to get, uh, get off my chest. Please. It's, uh, you know, and, and, and again, the saddest part to me is that, you know, you look at the sports departments these days, and this is just the reality of the situation. You've got one TV sportscaster on Channel 4. You've got two at 9, two at 7. One hardly shows up anywhere. Um, they're just, it's, it's, it's not the same as it was. It's not the same as it was. Not what I grew up with. The sports in this, in this city has completely evolved. It has changed. It's not what I remember. There used to be three sportscasters at TV stations. Now you're lucky if you get two. Hell, one of them's got one and there's two TV stations between the two of them. And my brother's the general manager of that station. He knows. I've talked to him about this. But the fact is... Sports today is not what it once was years ago. It isn't. So 
Stations cut back, they scale back, and it's difficult. Hell, I don't even know how they do these high school football shows on Friday nights on TV. They, I mean, how do they do that? They don't even have a crew for half of these things. I mean, you look at what Colin's doing at 9. Heck, they're bringing in people that aren't even regular members of the TV station doing their shows on, on Friday nights. Yeah, it's the, tough to do it the way it used to be. Yeah, and I, I'll just say, you know, on the on this side of things, uh, I think it's a different conversation here. I think everybody does, you know, I, I'm a big fan of what six or seven and uh, nine do for high school football, and I think the reason for that specifically is just our community has has invested themselves in high school football on other levels, and they're they've developed a deep interest in them. And I'm not saying they have that; they don't feel the same way about soccer, but I, I think that when it's when it comes to the fall when it's just this busy time of year i'm not trying to make excuses for others i'm just saying uh people have to choose between going to this or that that's true oh colin's already ripping me in texts he's already he's already trying to uh def, you know rip, rip, rip me in and and that's fine it's not a problem so i just uh i i don't know i mean again when you have a press how often does fc Wattis have press conferences in el paso once a year if we're lucky it's not often. We don't get them every week. We're lucky if we get them if we get them once a year at all. So I'm just saying, when you have an announcement like that and you're bringing a local kid home, giving an opportunity, that's it. Just I don't know. To me, it wasn't a good look today. It just wasn't. But that's me. All right. I'm not at every press conference. I'll be the first to tell you. And I don't go to every game anymore. Not like I used to. Not with family. A lot of the times at games, I'm at uh, I'm at 11U uh, baseball games right now. And basketball games and other things like that. I can't make all the games I used to. So I understand that. I do. Life gets in the way. Family gets in the way. I understand that too. But 11 o'clock on a Wednesday morning, when you've got Mount Star making a big announcement for FC Waters here in El Paso, and they rent out the El Paso room at the convention center, and they're doing the same exact press conference in Waters at 3 o'clock, but they made the effort to put one here in downtown El Paso to give the El Paso media a chance to go and not have to go across the border to Mexico and do that in Juarez. That's all I'm saying. That's it. It's fair. It's understandable. I mean, they I just wanted do to once see, a I year. wanted to see Colin there today. Look, Look, I'll say this. I respect the hell out of Colin Deaver. To me, he's the best one in town. And you want to know something? When he's not there, I'm disappointed. That's why. I view him like that. So Colin's not going to show up at a, at a big press conference. It bothers me because... You know, I respect him. If I didn't care about him, I wouldn't mention it. Wouldn't talk about it. But I do. So, anyway. It's tough. It's difficult stuff, you know? Uh, soapbox rants. Sometimes it just drives you nuts. Had to get off my chest, though, because it, it, it did disappoint me today. Because I want to see not just cameramen at these press conferences. I want to see, see the faces. I want to see the personalities there, too. You know? That's what's so difficult. All right. Anyway, bottom of the hour. Just peed away 15, 10 minutes of this this show today. I apologize, folks. We're not getting that time back either. But the good news is we still have two and a half to go. So we'll do that in a moment. 505-6009, that's our telephone number. Let's go to Adrian and get this Sports Center update. Thank you very much as we keep things moving right now here on the program. Um... 505-6009, that is our telephone number. 
888-900-6009 gets you right on in and through to the show. I saw this question come in from Adrian at Enemy Win the number three. Steve, do the Bravos still offer a shuttle to take fans from El Paso to the games? Yes, they do. Oh, well, actually, here's the best way to put it, okay? Here's, here's the easiest way to go to the games. You park somewhere downtown, you walk over the bridge, you pick up the shuttle right at the base of the bridge, takes you to the stadium. After the match, it'll take every fan back to the same exact point until there are no fans left, so you're able to walk back over the bridge, back to your car, and you can go home. Yeah, it's like the Joe Rod special. Shout out Joe Rod, who is willing, uh, and I'm not t- I'm not publicizing this, but he's always willing to help me or take me over there and uh, always offers that extension to other media members, writes for our website for FC Juarez, and always talks about the ease of this transportation. So, yes, Adrian at Enemy Win 3, there's uh, a lot of ways that you can get out there to that soccer game. Very true. Very, very true. 34 past the hour as we continue here on the program. All right. Um, Let's also go through some messages from yesterday's show. We got busy. We ended up having Bernie on, and uh, that took up our final 30 minutes. So, by the way, uh, Esteban did message us yesterday. Please don't spend the whole last segment on Olivas. Sorry, Esteban, that happened. So there you go. I know you did not want that. Well, sometimes you just can't control it. So that's exactly what happened. Um, but it was a great segment. I loved yest- uh, yesterday's uh, Tony the Tiger Sunball watch. And you know what? I connected with Esteban and Pinky after the show. Really? It looks like September 19th, a Tuesday, will be the day they stop in our studios. Excellent. They're coming in on. Oh, that's also the day Bernie's going to be on. Oh, even better. Great. Well, wait a minute. Now, we're oh, wait, how much are we giving um, uh, Pinky to do the show that day? Hey, they're just going to hang out with us. That's oh, so no, I, thought, I thought the idea was to host the show. So Pinky's going to be on the mic. For sure. Esteban might be here for a cup of coffee, and that's about it. Do you think Esteban's even going to show up knowing yes. that Bernie's going to be here? He after will show that, up. After that message yesterday, that post? Yeah, I think he will. I, I know Esteban. I met him uh, a couple weeks ago. He's a great guy. He will be here. Really? If we set a day, if we set a time, he'll be here. I want to meet Esteban. Like, I, I am, like am de- I mean, kind of like Gator Richard. There are certain people out there that I want to meet. And we had lunch with Gator Richard uh, a while back. He brought his daughter. That was great. We're supposed to do it again soon because he lost a bet. Uh, double or nothing bet, but he lost it. Um, so that'll be fun. I want to maybe Esteban's in that same group. I want to meet him. I love meeting our listeners. The truth is we've had so many great listener experiences over the years, whether it's at the Ale House, with you at the District, at other live, live events. I genuinely enjoy getting a chance to meet our, our listeners at 600 ESPN El Paso. One per uh, one listener, Chris Banks, who often mm. tweets the show, he was at the district this weekend, introduced uh, his wife to me and, and said, hey, you gave me tickets way, way back a couple years ago, and I just, you know, I've always been listening to you guys since. And I, I just, I mean, that was a really cool thing in itself. So, um, yeah, I mean, people like Chris Banks, uh, Milkman showed up at the district a couple nice. weeks ago and uh, got a chance to talk to the Cortez family listeners of our show as well. So, yeah, it's been cool to, to interact with those listeners who stop by. I'm, I'm forgetting a lot of others who uh, I'm trying to remember right now. But regardless, it's, okay. it's cool. Line ringing in, 505-6009. That is our telephone number as we continue. 505-6009 here on the program. Also, um, you can message us at 600 ESPN El Paso at 600 ESPN El Paso, like Joseph Ortiz did, does a win against Northwestern make up 
for their loss at Jacksonville. 100%. In my opinion, not even a question. It's a Power 5 team. They've never beat a Power 5 team, of course. It'd be hilarious to say that after winning for the first time ever, which, by the way, completes the trifecta for Dana Dimmel. I know fans don't want to hear this, all right? And some will say the trifecta should be a bowl win, which nobody's done since 1967, including Bob Stoll, Mike Price, uh, Gary Nord, Sean Coogler, Dana Dimmel. Nobody's done that. But let me ask you this, Adrian. I agree with you. A win would make up for the Jacksonville loss, in my mind. They'd be 2-1 and one heading into that Arizona game. But more importantly, okay, they won on the Eastern time zone for the first time in the history of the program last year. They got their first signature win of the Dimmel era, beating Boise State last year at home. And if they beat Northwestern, it would be their first ever Power 5 win. Is that the trifecta, or do we scratch the signature win and say a bowl win would have to be the trifecta as a UTEP coach? Actually, I think this is the trifecta. I think, you know, just how bad UTEP football has been over the years and how horrible these records are still standing here in 2023 uh, yeah, I think we have to call it the tri. I mean, at least the regular season trifecta. We can call a postseason trifecta something like win a conference championship, hang a banner like that, and go to a bowl game and actually win it for the first time since 1967. But as far as regular season accomplishments, yeah, yeah throw those up there for sure. I would think so too. I mean, to me, that's the big three as a head coach. And it's funny because – you know, we look at Dana Dimmel, and sometimes games like Jacksonville State, fans are ready to just, you know, just completely wipe their hands with Dana Dimmel and find a new head coach. But the truth is, if, you know, nobody has won on the Eastern time zone until Dimmel did, um, nobody really ever had a. I, mean, I was trying to think of like the, the other signature wins that some of these coaches have had. I mean, beating Boise State is a big deal. And. Very few fans were at that game because the Miners hadn't exactly played well prior to. So, you know, you think about it, you beat a Power 5 opponent in Northwestern after what he's done, you could say that Dana Dimmel, um, despite the fact that fans are, are, are ready to move on at times, could have accomplished the trifecta as a UTEP football head coach. It's very possible. All right. Let's go to the phones right now. 39 past the hour. Actually... I just It's really break time for us. It's 20 in front of 5. Let's do this. I want to take Richard. I want to take Adam. We'll come back from the break. We'll get to both of their calls. One line open. Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso. We're on Sports Talk. Two lines to get to. Let's get right to the calls. 505-6009. We'll start it with Richard. He's first up from the west side. Richard, thanks for waiting. How are you? Happy football season to you and everyone out there, Steve. I hope we have a great season this year. <laughs> yeah, that makes two of us, Richard. Appreciate that. I hope so, too. Yeah, so I have two topics, and the first one will be the alma mater. We play Alabama this week. If we win, cool. If we don't, I actually won't be disappointed because that's a tough place to play. You know, Tuscaloosa, biggest game on – well, the second biggest game this week. Now to the first biggest game this week, Colorado versus Nebraska. How have you not talked about the Coach Prime effect since been back to We I thought we touched on it yesterday. And Monday. And uh, No, we weren't on Monday. 
That's so. true. Yeah. But yesterday we hit on that. I mean, I was we, thinking minor talk. We, we talked. talked about it then. We talked about it at the start of the show, and then we talked about it when Bernie was on last week during the um, Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl watch. And it is an amazing story that he's had. I mean, it's shocking how he's turned that thing around as quickly. Now, again, it's one game. But I feel like, uh, you know, he still has a lot of doubters out there. But, hey, you go in and, and beat TCU on the road, that definitely sends a message. I agree with you. But more so, if you look at more in depth, how has he put other coaches on the hot seat now, especially coaches who become brand-new coaches next year? Because before it was like, hey, you get three to five years, build it through, you know, recruiting, maybe some JUCOs. The coach Prime has now showed us that you can do it in nine months. You may have to clear a whole roster, but it can be done. It's one game, Richard. It's one game. Okay? They're going to win on Saturday. Please. They're going to win on Saturday. Well, yeah. I mean, they are going to win on Saturday because they're the, the, you look at that game and their opponent is not exactly, uh, you know, they're, they're not going out and playing Alabama like, uh, like the Horns. It's a, it's a different situation. It's a different story. I think he's going to have Steve, a really good year. I do. Steve, Colorado was worse than UTEP last year. Well, I mean, look, he blew up the roster. But you want to know something? Listen. He plays Oregon on the road and USC at home in back-to-back weeks. We'll learn a lot more about uh, Colorado by what? You know, the end of uh, the end of September when those games are over. I agree with you. My last thing on USC: USC has no defense. San Diego State was running up and down on them. Come on now, or San Jose State. Sorry. That's true. That's true. Could be a high-scoring game. Appreciate you, Richard. Thanks for the phone call. Let's keep moving along. We'll go back to the phones right now. 505-6009. Here's Adam from the east side. Adam, what's happening? Hey, Steve. Hey, Adrian. How are you guys? Thank you. Good. Uh, how are you, Adam? Doing good. Um, I just, you guys were talking a little bit right before the break about if a win this coming weekend for the Miners redeems the Jackson State loss. Uh, and personally, for me, I guess at the end of the day, I kind of equated to this. It's like, you know, you go you go to a restaurant, you pick up the food, you bring it home, you pull out the meal, but then they forget the most important thing. They forget the sauce that you asked for for your meal. Always kind of leave something to be desired. And it's just like, you know, if they do get the win, cool, they're two and one. But at the end of the day, it sticks in your head that they could have easily been three and oh. They also and, would have they also I, would have won the first power five game in the history of the program. So three and oh. It would have been three and zero. It would have been the first Power Five win in the history of the program, and I'm not saying that. Like, of course, I mean they're they're, they're labeled a Power Five. You know, they're in turmoil right now. They've had a lot of things happen within their program that are just very unfortunate. UTEP should go up there. UTEP should win. UTEP's had continuity. UTEP's had continuity with their players. Dana Dimmel's been there a long time. Um, excuses are over for Dana Dimmel. You know, it's either you're going to do it or you're not going to do it. I yep. mean, he's managed to keep his roster. He's managed to bring talented players at wide receiver. He's got a stable at, a stable of, you know, great running backs. He's got huge offensive line, huge defensive line. You know, this is it. This is it for Dana. Um, you know, for me, this is also kind of it, too, for Jim. And, and, and I say this because Jim's always – appealing to the fans the fans need more support the fans need to support more we need to support more with money i'm supporting with season tickets and you know as as difficult as it may be for some of us here in el paso to buy season tickets you still had thirty thousand fans for the first game after a loss like that and so 
you know, if if, if uh, Jim and Dana want to keep operating with a blindfold, that's fine. But at the same time, the fans the fans don't have that blindfold on them, you know. So um, we're keen to what's going on, and um, you know, we're an educated fan base, and and I expect more out of Jim, and I expect more out of Dana. Period. So um, that's kind of where I'm at going into this weekend. I expect a win. I think that's, that's fair. And by the way, before we get crazy about season tickets, okay, I get it. Sitting on the 50-yard line is, is, is $375 a ticket. That's not cheap. That's a pretty good price for a season ticket. But, I mean, you can sit in the end zone for 65 bucks. all right, per ticket. So, Adam. Hey, Steve, Steve, can I tell you what I did real quick? So, look, th- this is me. For me and my wife, you know, we, 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 buy, we buy the cheapest tickets, yeah. you know, they, you know and, and we also included – a $50 donation for parking. So for the whole season, we're paying $180 for two people in yep. parking. There's also kids passes. So I know there's people with kids passes, 60 bucks for each kid. That includes all sports. So there's, you know, the, 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 you know, the, the, the barrier to entry has been reduced. So yes, El Paso does need to step up, but at the same time, so does Jim Center and so does Dana Dimmel. Well, I'm telling you right now, I mean, Dana's, you said it best to start the call. I mean, this is year six. This is the year, right? Because if, if it's not this year, when's it going to be? Especially with a veteran roster, and he's going to lose a lot of these guys after this season. So this has got to be the year for him. This is what he's built for since he arrived. I'm looking forward to a celebratory minor talk with Adrian, with Sal, and then also listening to you next week. Appreciate you, Adam. Thanks for the call. Yeah, I'm looking forward to a celebratory minor talk, too. I can't wait. Adrian can't wait. He's excited. I know that. That's right. I'm definitely excited. Although I'm really worried because we got Chihuahuas baseball at 6.30, so it might have to be a jam. We might have to pack in a minor talk within an hour or so. You know what you might have to do? Oh, we can't, unfortunately. What? Uh, Stay around after the Chihuahuas game? No, that would be awesome. No, you can't do that. You might have to just take the air after the game ends. Oh no, we will. We'll do that. We did that this weekend, and we'll do that again this uh, this time around. You have sure. to. I mean, yes. that's the only way you can do it. Otherwise, yeah. you're not going to get any time for calls. Definitely. No, that's the plan. That's so if the, the game ends at five or five thirty, at least you've got an hour. Yeah, we're going air on air right after the game. You have to. You absolutely have to. All right, one hour in the books. We got uh, two to go. Stay with us. Sports talk continues. Six hundred ESPN El Paso. All right, hour number two of sports talk is underway. Welcome back, everybody. Along with Adrian Broadus, I'm Steve Kaplow. It's good to see you. By the way, a lot of messages coming up at 600 ESPN El Paso. A lot of them. Bears fans, 7883. Messages in. Let's go, El Paso. Let's get out there on Saturday to the district and support our minors at the District West. There we go. Good job. Appreciate you, Bears fans, 7883. This comes from Adrian at Enemy Win the Number 3. Fans who threaten to stop supporting UTEP need to stop talking the talk and start walking the walk. I'd rather have 20,000 loyal fans than 40,000 crybabies. Give up already. That sounds like it was a shot to some of the haters who uh, have either posted in on social media talking against the Miners, win against an FCS opponent like Incarnate Word over the weekend, or those who called in hating on the Miners on Miner Talk. I think so. Uh, Adrian also followed up with this. I'm a Dimmel fan, but the trifecta needs to be a bull win because other coaches have had signature wins over ranked teams. Who? Who? Mike Price? He's had wins against ranked teams, but who else? 
I, what what do you what, give me the games, Adrian? I, I want to hear the games. There haven't been a lot of relevant wins in football. If you want to talk basketball, yeah, sure. Let's talk all those relevant wins. Not in football, man. Not non-conference. There's been times when they've played ranked teams in Conference USA and won at home. But when you go and play a team like Boise, and I don't even know if they rank, but it doesn't matter. It's Boise State. So they, they crushed UTEP the year before. They beat them like, did they hang like 50-something on them? There were, it was a bad, it was a lopsided score for sure. And I would think that with uh, this this upcoming game, this is one. This falls in that category, a Power 5 team in the Big Ten. It's Northwestern on the road. It's a tough environment uh, just simply because you're playing in a Big Ten atmosphere. I, I don't remember any uh, signature Sean Coogler victories. Uh, the Mike Price victory that jumps out to me, you know, when they beat a ranked team in conference USA like Houston on national television, everybody storms field everybody gets excited but uh give me the other ones i it's hard to come up with relevant utep football victories ed mcdonald at minor eddie mac the trifecta for me he uh, posts uh, this season is the big 10 the pac-12 and the mountain west all right that means he wants to beat northwestern arizona and unlv (laughs) man minor eddie mac the eternal optimist well he's got high hopes that's right high hopes El Paso Visuals Deportivos. Northwestern is in a Power 5 conference. I'm not sure if they're technically a Power 5 team. It might be semantics, but just my two pesos. With that said, I hope they win. Okay. Um, there's other teams like that, by the way, that are Power 5s, but you know they're not big Power 5s. Um, if you want to uh, get into the show, at 600 ESPN El Paso. That is at 600 ESPN El Paso. We'd love to hear from you. Um, and, and that is important in itself because yeah, we have some good calls coming in. Poncho yesterday got into the show and posted this at 600 ESPN El Paso. I'm being cautiously optimistic against Northwestern. Play calling against University of Incarnate Word was great. Limiting the pass plays and making them quick routes so Gavin Hardison would limit the chances of mistakes. Hope they can keep the momentum going. Headbanger Pete. Watched Northwestern play on Sunday. They are complete trash. I think UTEP football pulls it off 24-10. Run the ball. Control the clock. Give them a heavy dose of run DMT. Oh, I like that. Little run DMT. That is solid. You know, D for Deion Hankins, M for Mike Franklin, T for Torrance Burgess. We should get run DMT shirts made. Good job, Headbanger Pete. I will get working on that ASAP. I love run DMT for this season. That's a great way to describe that three-headed monster running back. So, Barrick Neely is way ahead of you, Steve. Uh, thanks to Drew Bonney, who coined the term run DMT out at UTEP. Uh, everybody has been enjoying this nickname. Uh, they already talked about getting uh, you know t-shirts. t-shirts done. Also talked about getting some throwback Adidas jumpers and have uh, Dion, Mike, and Torrance pose similar to run DMC in like a, like a a kind of like an Adidas photo shoot. So, that, would that, be cool. might, that might be happening as well. That would be awesome. That really would. I like it. Um, good. Uh, you know, run TMC, for those of you wondering, was Tim Hardaway, Mitch Richmond, and Chris Mullen 
from the Golden State Warriors teams in the late 80s, early 90s. So we've had one sports takeoff already in Golden State, and Run TMC was extremely popular. Now Run uh, DMT has a chance to also be pretty popular. Good job, blood. Good job right there from Jubani. I love it. Yeah, it was a very uh, good, uh, you know, nickname. None of the guys had any clue uh, except for Dion. De- I give credit to Dion because he knew a little Run DMC. But Torrance, Mike had no clue about Run DMC. You couldn't ask him anything about them. And even Coach Neely, it said it was before his time, so he had to ask Coach Dimmel, you know, about Run DMC instead. Are they playing Run DMC during workouts? You know what? We got to ask Jason Craig to do that for the game, like game time things. Uh, in workouts and practices, not a lot of music being played on the speakers uh, unless they're in the Sun Bowl. But, you know, for, uh, you know, for the actual game, we got to get with Jason to play some uh, in-game run DMC. Pooh Bear messages us. I see the Northwestern game as a toss-up with Northwestern holding the edge. They may have a horrible team, but they have Power 5 athletes, even if they're considered bottom of the barrel that comes from Pooh Bear. I mean, do you consider, and it's so interesting, it's like when you look at UTEP versus a bottom feeder in the Power Fives like Northwestern, is it is it similar to like a UTEP Incarnate Word matchup from last week? Uh, I don't know if it's like that. Knowing what the road record is for the minors and knowing still that it is a Power 5 school with Northwestern. So just knowing that the minors have to go on the road. They're 4-15 and 15 when they're away from the Sun Bowl. They're 12-3 uh, and three over the last three seasons when they're at home. Just that lopsided record of home versus away worries me specifically. So I, I still don't give it to, to like kind of a 50-50 chance. I still, uh, at least right now, I still give Northwestern a little bit more of the edge. Ah, okay. All right. Well, um, I would too. I think that's 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 clearly the case. I think that they're beatable for sure. This has to be the most winnable Power 5 game UTEP's ever played, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win when it's all said and done. Because we've said it before, we'll say it again, UTEP has been historically a bad road team. And when a bad road team plays a bad team, something's got to give, right? Either that bad team wins at home or the bad road team gets uh, one of their, uh, you know, one of their big wins on, away from El Paso this year. So I'm hoping it's the latter. I really am. So I was uh, on with the guys from inside Northwestern and they asked me an interesting question I'll, I'll throw it your way because I was like wait wait this sounds like you're describing like you know UTEP but it, it, they said this Northwestern's non-conference approach has traditionally revolved around running the ball to death and controlling the clock given that the UTEP minors aren't much worse than the Wildcats if at all do you think that's going to be the case on Saturday can Northwestern get into that approach and I was thinking to myself, that's UTEP's approach. Run the ball to death. Control the clock on their side. But I think UTEP can stop the run. I think that's that's also the key. I think that front line can can get some pressure, and I, I don't see them giving up a ton of yards on the ground um, against Northwestern. 
I think it's foolish to say that this is just the carryover offensive line of Northwestern like we're used to. So I'm with you. I, the, the defensive line has stood out to me over the past two games from the minors early on. It was the strong point of the defense. Uh, it has a lot of depth. I mean, Raquan Thompson got a lot of praise this week uh, from the press conference with Dana Dimmel as somebody who came in there too deep. But you also talk about uh, guys like Katie Johnson, who's uh, come onto the scene nicely, Tavita Tafuna uh, in that interior defensive mm-hmm. tackle group along with Keenan Stewart. They've got some guys there uh, who can ru- uh, stop the run effectively. So I like UTEP in that category. More posts coming in uh, via social. Let's see here. Augustine, I love all this positivity just like every year. That comes from Augustine, who, by the way, showed up for the fantasy football draft yesterday without the bottle of tequila that he promised he would be bringing. In fact, I even had Augustine record a video message for Adrian specifically explaining why he did not show up yesterday with um, infamous tequila bottle in hand. So I think now he just needs to pull a, a card from the deck because the deck of excuses, you know, he he's still getting some great excuses coming in his, his way. Before his call yesterday, he said, I'm at the CBP offices. We're just getting it cleared. I'll be there soon with the bottle of tequila in hand. I said, no way. I, won't, I don't believe it. Maybe next year. Maybe, uh, you know, when fantasy football draft comes in 2024, that's when you'll get it, Steve. I'm sorry. Don't even, I don't even think it's coming then. Yeah, me neither. I wouldn't, I wouldn't count on it. Enrique uh, also gets into the show at 600 ESPN El Paso. I'm a dimmel maniac. I get it. He has to produce results. But if we fire him, who's going to come to UTEP and make us as relevant as Dimmel and Price did? Hoping for some minor magic Saturday. See, there are some, uh, some dimmel maniacs out there, like Enrique Ortiz. And I understand that. I really do. Look, I've got a plan for football when the time comes. Whether it's now, three years, five years, ten years down the road, I have a, I have a plan for what football should do that they've never done before. Um, but there's no need to get into that right now because UTEP has a coach. They are one and one. They've got a chance to be two and one. And then, you know, still try to win six or more, go bowling, and, and win their first bowl game since 1967. So as long as that's the case... There's really no reason to get into what UTEP should do for their next head coach. They have a coach. So why even talk and speculate about what the next head coach should be? So Richard last hour was talking about like the model to build a college football program and how that could be a lot faster now with coaches like Prime. Uh, you could even throw in uh, G.J. Kinney from Texas State. He brought in 50 FBS transfers to Texas State. They went and upset Baylor this past weekend. One game, I don't think the Bobcats are necessarily going to be a threat in the Sun Belt, nor, nor do I with the Buffaloes, but uh, with Colorado, they brought in 80 new guys over the transfer portal portal process. So what I'm trying to say is Dana Dimmel's built something that does not need a complete rebuild. Like he, if things go south with him as a head coach, this does not need a complete teardown process. It just needs um, somebody to continue to try to catapult it up. And that's where he's at right now. He's trying to get them catapulted up to that next level. And this weekend's another mark. Can they go out and beat a team that they could beat on paper in Northwestern on the road in the Big Ten? When Dimmel was let go at Houston, Art Bryles showed up and overnight turned Houston into a winner. And you better believe that Dimmel had laid the foundation 
and Bryles just went ahead and took it to the next level. That's right. I mean, it's happened before. History could repeat itself. You never know. 16 past as we continue here on the show. 505-6009. That's our telephone number. As we send it right back to Charlie One, let's get ourselves another traffic update. Back here on Sports Talk as we continue. A lot of you out there might be looking to buy or sell a home. If you're looking to sell a home, um, I got news for you. Brian Birds and his team, all they do is get results every single time. I love reading stories about uh, like what happened with Corey when she thought about selling her home. You know, only one name on her mind, that was Brian. You want to know why? He was the very agent who helped her buy that home 17 years ago. In fact, Brian's team listed her Northeast El Paso gem for $197,000. And just like that, the deal was in motion. In just a few days, her home was under contract for over-asking. In fact, here's what Corey said. Brian's consistent communication and a keen eye for detail made the whole process stress-free. This is more than a transaction. It's a lifelong partnership, two decades strong and still counting, thanks to one Brian Birds. Now, um, I'll tell you this much, folks. In this shifting market, buyers and sellers need that agent who know exactly how to find the best deals, whether it's the best homes if you're buying or uh, negotiate the best deals if you're selling. And interest rates are rising, but working with Brian means having the best options and strategies to make your unique circumstances a success. Tons of options with Brian and his team, like a customized marketing plan, First-rate pricing strategies and a proven buyer-finding system. You want to talk about peace of mind? Call the official real estate agent of UTEP, El Paso Locomotive FC and the Rhinos, the only agent I would call if I needed to sell my home. Visit him online, brianbirds.com, or Google Brian, B-U-R-D-S, and start packing. Your take on Coach Prime's post-game press conference. Oh, it was a doozy after the game. I like the post-game press conference. In fact, yep, you know he's got a chip on his shoulder. That's it. With Prime, he definitely was someone that, you know, was talking about Colorado being taken seriously. And he's right. He's absolutely right. He does some fire after that upset win. If you missed the audio, we're going to let you listen to it right now. And all I can tell you is, you know, Dion's on a mission, or Prime, I should say, is on a mission. He wants to make sure that he's put the entire college football world on notice. Here you go. You believe now? Of all the you, you, hold on, hold on, hold on, oh no. Do you believe now? Huh? Who said I didn't believe oh, before? No, no, no. I read through that bull junk you wrote. I, I read through that. I sifted what, through what all that. What did I write? Yeah. What did I write? Oh, no. Come Can on. I ask my question? Do you believe? In what? You don't believe. I do believe. You just answered it. You don't believe. <laughs> Next question. So there you go. He wants to know if people are starting to believe in Colorado. Now, granted, going to TCU and knocking off a Big 12 team like the Horn Frogs is a statement. But it's one game. It is one game. Max Duggan's not there anymore. It's take. It's going to take TCU a little time to rebuild that team who scored, by the way, 42 points and still lost. So Dion's asking if you believe. Adrian, do you believe in the 
power of prime and now he has turned around Colorado overnight or do you need to see more than one game before you decide to pass judgment? No, I believe 100% because the I would say 85% of football is recruiting. And what he did on Saturday was fire up his next recruiting class. This year, yeah, maybe bring him to the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Bring him uh, to a different bowl game, like the Holiday Bowl. They're not going to the college football playoff. It's year one. It's it's. Pri- I don't believe this year. I know that they've been saying stuff like, hey, we're here now, you know, this is the year we're ready to come onto the scene and do it now. I think it's it will take some time, and I do believe that the Pac-12 has some talent top to bottom. So for Colorado's last year in the Pac-12, could be a little difficult. Not necessarily uh, the easy cakewalk that other people could ima- or could expect right now. Line ringing in, 505-6009. After Nebraska, they host Colorado State. Then they play at Oregon, home against USC, at Arizona State, home against Stanford, at UCLA, home against Oregon State, home against Arizona, at Wazoo, at Utah. As it stands right now, four teams are ranked from that bunch. Oregon's 13th, USC is 6th, Oregon State is 16th, Utah's 12th. There are your four ranked teams. So, hey, you know, that's, that's a good point. It's, I'm not ready yet to say, because you're saying, do you believe? Well, do you believe could also mean, do you believe that Colorado is going to be a a, a serious player in the Pac-12? Now, no, not this year. No. I think it's too soon. But they have NFL talent. Shadir Sanders probably going to the NFL. Travis Hunter probably going to the NFL at either wide receiver or, or punt returner or cornerback. So pretty impressive. But nobody's denying the power of, of how Deion Sanders can recruit. He's a master at that. He really is. And he is the kind of person that when you listen to him talk, and I did years ago, I went, he had a... Uh, we played the Cowboys in a media basketball game some 20-something years ago. They flew us to Dallas and had us interview Dion at his sports bar in Dallas called Prime. And, um, you know, that guy is just someone that has always been bigger than life. That's him. Personality, performance, and now you can add coaching. He really is. He's showing you that this is not a, uh, it's not a joke. It's not a publicity stunt. Deion Sanders can coach. And I don't think anybody really would have disagreed with that anyway, but that's the uh, that's that's the takeaway here. Let's go to the phones. Hector is joining us next as Sports Talk continues. Hector, what's going on? I watched that game. It was a very entertaining game. Um, I like Colorado. I'm glad they beat TCU. Then I changed, and I went to the Sun Bowl. And let me tell you what, man, that is one amazing stadium. It is just a nice venue to watch a football game. Well, I don't think anybody's really ever disagreed there. Um, I, I'm sure, uh, yeah, it is definitely one of those. On the short list of your favorite venues for football, for college football, who's your top three, top five? Um, the Sun Bowl, for sure. Um, let me see. I like, uh, I don't know. Um, I've been to some stadiums, but none of the stadiums. I guess I'm from because I'm from El Paso. I'm biased, but it's just the way it's like built into the mountain. It, it is just beautiful, man. 
I mean, the new turf, that big press box. I mean, it, it is just a nice place. And there was a big crowd on Saturday night, and I hope there's a bigger crowd the next home game because, you know, the, the Miners, they should be 2-0. and They should be 1-1. One and one. And I hope they go up there and they spank Northwestern. But we'll, we'll see what happens. All right, Hector. Appreciate you. Thanks for the call. Thanks for getting in. As we move along right now, 28 past, it's George who's next on the phone lines. George, I know you want to talk prime. Go right ahead. Hey, Steve, what's up? Uh, Hi, George. You know, I'm real, I'm real happy for prime. I've seen him, you know, throughout his career when he was with Atlanta, and then he did the multi-sport thing uh, when he was with the Niners, which I didn't really like because I'm a Cowboy fan. But prime has always had that. He's always had that it factor. And I think what he's doing in Colorado is amazing. I don't think he's going he's gonna to get into the football championship. But, hey, a good bowl would be nice for Colorado. I mean, it's a good boost for the program. Sure. Uh, he recruited. He did the, all the right moves. And, you know, I think he has the, that, uh, that program on the right path. As far as Dimmel goes, you know, let's not expect too much. All I want is uh, to see on, at that game is to play to your strengths. Play to your strengths. Don't try and be cute. Don't try and do anything funny. Just go out, play, play, uh, play towards your your strengths. Augustine, the 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 minor hater, I have something to te- to say. It's not a football. It's not about the size. It's about the heart. It's about leverage. It's about making all the right plays. And if you play to your strengths, like any other team, they're gonna go down. Look, the upset Clemson and Duke. Upset Colorado, TCU, need I say more? It can happen. It can happen. It just UTEP needs to play their game. Stop deviating. Don't make it cutesy. Just go out there, play your game, play to your strengths. I mean, that's 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 my uh, philosophy. Well, you said Always something interesting to too, strength. George. You said something interesting. You said that UTEP should be 2-0, and and I agree with you. So along right. the same lines of that, if UTEP beats Northwestern Saturday – is it an upset? Yes, yes, because it, it's a it's a a known program. Even though it, it's had its issues with with the controversies that they went through, it's still uh, a pretty uh, knowledge. Everybody knows uh, Northwestern. Everybody knows them. You know, so it's not like a like a struggling program. I know it's struggling now, but historically they've been they've been up there. So. I think it is an upset. I mean, if people might uh, might be we might be Rodney Dangerfield, and nobody will give us respect for it. But hey, us knowing that we went up there and we won on the road because UTEP, believe it or not, their road. Uh, I mean, well, you should know their road uh, record is not that great. You know, whether we're going East Coast, West Coast, it doesn't matter. UTEP does not win that many times on the road, except for last year that we beat uh, Boise State, you know. So it can be done, Steve. It can be done. We can do this. Uh, like I said before, the defense has to play to the strength, the offense. Now, uh, now, quick question, Steve. Colorado got all these transfers because of Prime, right? Yes. Well, what's the deal? Why can't we get Dumars to uh, – why can't the NCAA uh, see and give him a waiver? Why, why – why is Colorado have these all these transfers? What makes them so special? Why can't UTEP get one, one player 
and and these guys have eighty. I had no problem getting eligibility from the NCAA. Well, here's the, the funny thing. There? Okay, here's the interesting thing. Dana Dimmel's done a great job retaining his players and retaining his roster. I mean, you know, look at uh, Tyron Smith went into the portal for the second time in a row, George, and he got back. I mean, they they got him back from Texas A and M, and really, other than losing buyers to uh, Florida State, they haven't lost uh, and cowing to Arizona, which was a huge one. They haven't gotten hit nearly as hard as most programs have in football with the transfer portal. So he's kept his players. He's gone JUCO heavy. That's been smart because most of his JUCO players have been very loyal to him in return and stuck around. And Adrian, that's what we've talked about. I mean, UTEP football hasn't been hitting nearly like most teams have when it comes to the portal. Yeah, if if George was asking more on the lines of why didn't uh, Aaron Dumas get the waiver uh, versus and why have you know why all these Colorado guys got the waiver, and then maybe that's a, a, a valid question. But then I'd also throw it back to the Tyron Smith point. I mean, he went to. Texas A&M and then came back and he's playing he's eligible and he's obviously on the field for the minors so that's what they're doing right now the NCAA is cracking down on these two-time transfers and unfortunately for Aaron Dumas in his case he went off to Washington as a transfer from uh, uh, New Mexico and then immediately went over to UTEP after that so two-time transfer and George I'll tell you this the NCAA is really cracking down on the mental health uh, portion of the transfers apparently that's the reason that a lot of players are giving as two-time transfers. And for the for a while, the NCAA was letting every single mental health transfer through, and now they're not. And I think that's the biggest difference. So from what I've understood, if you could document and show, let's say, things that have led to that as a legitimate reason for a transfer, they will honor it. But if you're just trying to use mental health because you knew that the NCAA was letting everybody in, they're not nearly as um, you know as easy on that reason as they used to be. Right, right. So, I mean, I just want uh, I just want to send positive vibes to to Coach Demo and the UTEP uh, Miners just to come home with a victory, and, and I'll be I'll be uh, seeing Adrian over at the at the district. Uh, I want to go uh, go meet him up there and just uh, just catch the atmosphere that that I heard uh, was pretty decent. I just got back from Dallas, actually. Nice. Well, I'm happy you're back. Definitely come Saturday to the district. You'll enjoy it. Maybe you'll win something, and hopefully uh, the Miners get a W as well. Appreciate you, George. Thanks for the call. 35 pass. Let's get right back to the aforementioned uh, Mr. Broadus, who's standing by with this Sports Center update. Thank you very much. We keep things moving here on the show. Uh, we've got lines available if you want to get in. 505 6009 as we continue here. And we'll take you up till 7 o'clock when we uh, wind things down. Um, also, looking at some of the other stories coming in that we have not yet uh, talked about, uh, this is also a pretty interesting one. And I saw this on the app powered by First American Bank, from first down dash. How do you grade Jim Center? If football is king, how do we evaluate the job he is doing? I'm sure we could find someone to do his job at half the cost. That is from first down dash. Now, first down dash number one, Jim Center got a contract extension last summer. So he is now under contract for at least another four years. Uh, I I think it was a five-year deal that he signed uh, as UTEP uh, director of athletics. And... Truth is this, 
He's had one shot at football, and it was right after he arrived. You know, he got here, and his first task was to hire a football coach, and then, of course, Tim Floyd uh, abruptly retires, and he's got to hire a basketball coach. So, um, and as far as Dana Dibble goes, it depends. I mean, number one, you've, you've got one shot at it. Like, I was thinking about this earlier because when Bob Stoll arrived, he hired, first he was able to bring Gary Nord and promote him from offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach to head coach. And Gary had that great season in 2000, and it went downhill after that. And then Bob Stoll won the jackpot when he hired Mike Price. And Mike had two great years. But Mike was here a long time, I think nine seasons. And Bob gave Mike all the chances he could to try to turn that thing around. And he was able to get one 500 New Mexico Bowl season after those first eight win seasons, but never got better than that. And then after um, that, he brought in Sean Kugler. And we all know how that ended up. So point is, Jim Sanders had one shot, and it was one of his first hires. And we're now in year six. And if the Miners end up having a good year and they go bowling and they draw, you know, 30, 35,000 a game, after, especially after last season, and they, and they play well, then clearly, you know, he's doing his job. So, and if it doesn't work out with Dana Dimmel, Hey, I want to see Jim Center get another shot at it. I don't want to see somebody come in as a director of athletics, get one higher right when they first arrive, and then they're gone after that. That's a tough spot. And I'll say this. He gave him one contract extension, and it was coming off the 7-5 and five bowl season when he only had one year left on his deal. And if you don't extend a coach two years after he goes bowling, who was going to want this job knowing they could win seven games, take a team bowling, and still not get a contract extension? Word's going to get out. UTEP is, is, is not taking care of their football coaches. So I've often said he had to make that move. That was an extension he had to get, and deservedly so. You win seven, you should get a chance to get um, an extension. And he did. So, Adrian, I don't know. I just look at it with Jim Center, and I, I feel like you've had one coaching hire. If it doesn't work out, give him a second shot. And if that's if that doesn't pan out, then you can look at, at, at a new AD. I think uh, – so I'd agree with everything you said, not to just uh, you know reiterate everything you said. I would just say while, while football is king, there are a lot of other things to look at in an athletic department to evaluate whether or not the AD is doing a good job or not or to how, how you would assess his job from top to bottom. And I think where minor fans get into a tough position is when they play the comparison game. When they start to compare, oh, UTEP with UTSA, UTEP with Texas State, UTEP with NMSU. That's where minor fans get into their own rabbit holes. They get themselves frustrated at things because they look at another school and they say, well, hey, they're having success in these areas. Why aren't we having success in those areas? And that's a dangerous game to play when you're looking at that. It's a tough job here at UTEP. It's also hard uh, to be successful as an athletic department when you're not winning in football and basketball. At least not enough. Not enough to where you need to be. You know, Right, and with limited resources. It's much easier when you're winning. Much easier when you're winning. We've talked about NIL and stuff like that. I mean, it's not done by the head coach, Dana Dimmel. It's not necessarily done by Jim Center, but it's kind of everything all together. So it's just, uh, you know, the resources aren't where they should be at UTEP. And that's really, it's not all of their fault, I should say. Very quickly, before we go to break, Johnny's sta- standing by. I know he wants to talk about the Nick Bosa contract extension today. Johnny, how are you? Hey, what's going on, guys? 
What do you guys think about that signing? I think it's a great deal. Oh, it's a lot of money. I mean, that's a, listen, the 49ers, if people don't know, gave uh, Nick Bosa, I believe it was five years, and was it $170 million? Well, it came out to about $34 million a year, something like that. Yeah, it's a it's a monster extension. It really is. Yeah, so, but you know what? I'm they sorry. Have, yeah, it's, to, it's five years, it, 170, and that's 122 and a half million in guarantees. So he is the highest yeah. paid non quarterback in NFL history. But but here's the thing, yeah. Johnny. Nick Bosa is 25 years old. He hasn't even hit his prime yet. So I think it's right. for a guy like that who's been so dominant. It's absolutely a fair deal. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a hell of a. They need him because uh, Steelers are a pretty good team, and uh, I think this game on Sunday is going to be a what's well, going to be a good game. Just uh, Steelers have a great, uh, in my opinion, they have a, they're going to have a pretty good team. I, I love their quarterback Pickett. Me too. And uh, Najee Harris and uh, their 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 receiver Pickens is a beast. But the Niners have a lot of good players. And what's going to happen, uh, Steve? I don't know. You've been. I don't know. You don't think about the 49ers, but I know a lot about them. But signing this guy means. A lot. In other words, they're going to lose some good players next year. They signed Greenlaw for one year. They signed Ayuk for one year. Yeah. Reason being that they knew they were going to pay this guy. So when you sign a guy like that for so much money, you're going to lose some pretty good players. Greenlaw and Ayuk are very good players. But let me let me so flip gonna, it, let me flip it around. Okay, let me let me flip that around. You get Brock Purdy for at least another three to four years at a very very cost-friendly deal that most quarterbacks would normally take up the kind of money Bose is making. So maybe you flip it around that way, okay? Instead of per- yeah, instead I- of having a high-paid quarterback making 30, 35 million a year, you give it to Bosa while you develop Purdy. Well, no, I mean, no matter what, they're going they're still going to be pretty good and I think they're going to have like two first round two one first round pick and then two second round picks next year. Something like that, and uh, they're going to have like eleven draft picks. So they're going to be in good shape. But yeah. uh, thank you, Steve. All right, appreciate you, Johnny. I guess my point is, Adrian. Most teams have to spend twenty-five to forty million, fifty million on a quarterback. They don't because of Brock Purdy. So you could take that money, put it elsewhere, and by the time this contract expires, now Purdy or another young quarterback will be getting ready to make their first big deal. And that's encouraging for younger players uh, who are on this roster. But the window of opportunity is here for the 49ers. NFC yep. as a as a whole is down. Uh, in you know, top to bottom, and I think this is a window of opportunity for the 49ers, similarly to what the Rams capitalized on a couple of years ago and won the Super Bowl. That's true. All right, lines are ringing in. We'll come back. Wrap-up hour number two in a moment. Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso. Wrapping up uh, hour number two here on Sports Talk. Uh, super excited because we've got the Golf Channel's uh, Devin uh, Bonebreak here with us in our uh, studios to begin our 6 o'clock hour Going to have a lot of fun uh, talking about a new project, Studio Golf, that uh, is going to be coming to El Paso. And Adrian, you play. I I, I don't I don't really don't want to say I play. I I own clubs. I enjoy going out. I wouldn't exactly say playing is how I would describe my golf game, but I do enjoy it. Um, and now we're going to have something that's good that we're going to get to talk to Devin about. I'm really happy about this. Yeah, I think a lot of golfing fans here in El Paso really enjoy this, especially uh, we, it's going to cool down here soon enough. Uh, greens will be what they'll be here in town, and this is just another way for people to get a chance to play some golf here uh, in El Paso in an indoor setting. 
Absolutely right. You're definitely going to want to hear that uh, conversation coming up with us to begin our 6 o'clock hour, and then uh, we'll get back to more of your uh, calls, including one right now. Let's end the hour since we've been taking calls uh, all uh, all show long with Mike from the west side of town. Mike, how are you? Hey, Steve. How's it going? Good, Mike. What's going on? So, uh, what's the Nick Bosa signing today? Uh, great news for him, but the first thought, place that my mind went to was how do you think that Jerry Jones is feeling about this? With Micah Parsons, he's vocally said he needs to pay him, and now Nick Bosa gets his bag. Listen, if Micah Parsons has 18 and a half sacks, like Nick Bosa had last year, and uh, has a big, big season, he's going to have to open up the bank. He's going to have to do it. You're right. Otherwise, you know, that could get messy, especially if Parsons feels like he's not getting paid or being offered enough money. So that'll probably be the next major decision for Jerry Jones. But unlike guys like Ezekiel Elliott, who after a few years, you know that, you know, they, look at what happened this year. Goes to uh, New England for one season, and running backs are considered um, replaceable. A guy like Micah Parsons, he's more of a franchise guy for the Cowboys. So I've got a feeling uh, Jerry will take good care of him when it's uh, all said and done. I think I would agree. I think he's definitely going to take care of him. But I do think Jerry, whether he breaks the record or not, let's throw that out there, but probably would have wished he was the one to throw out the record-breaking deal and crash that that barrier. Well, then he should have done it already, right? He's had he had yes, his sir. chances. Absolutely. So now we'll we'll see what happens when <laughs> when the time comes. He's Jerry spent a lot of money this offseason. There's a lot of free agents he's had to bring oh, in yeah. and re-sign. So it's been it's definitely been a pretty busy offseason for Jerry Jones. No doubt about that. No doubt. All right, appreciate the phone call, Mike. Thanks for getting in. Thanks, Steve. Bye. Two hours in the books, one to go. As we mentioned, big news for you golfers in El Paso. We'll explain next. The sports talk continues. Six hundred ESPN El Paso. Brought us. All right, we appreciate you. Final hour of the show uh, coming up, and this is uh, the hour you've been waiting for. Adrian, uh, I think our listeners are going to really enjoy what they're about to hear over the next couple segments because this is something exciting coming to El Paso that's going to do a lot of good for a lot of people. It will, Steve, especially now that the game of golf is growing here in this town all across the country. It's a beautiful thing to see. We've got some great courses here in El Paso as well, and this is just another way for people to either hone in on their skills or uh, continue their skills as either a hobbyist or somebody who takes this seriously. If you watch uh, the Golf Channel, uh, you have know the name um, Devin Bonebreak. He's the host of the show The Golf Fix Number one show on the network. Yeah, last season was great. Appreciate that. Congratulations. Thank you. Welcome to El Paso. Welcome to the program. And uh, we've spent some time before we brought you on talking about uh, an an exciting new venture that you are partnering with. And it's going to be happening here in El Paso. And uh, first off, before we get into what's coming, let's talk a little bit about you. Has golf always been a passion that you've been involved with ever since you were a kid? Yeah, I have been involved ever since I was a kid. Uh, you know, I had this dream of being an NBA All-Star. Uh, I'm 5'10", and uh, I can't jump more than 28 inches. So that uh, soon uh, came to a realization in uh, the middle of high school. So I actually kind of started competitive golf late. Um, but that's really what got me into wanting to learn how to improve really quickly. Started taking lessons, really understood. I was even, you know, analyzing my swing on video uh, 20 years ago. So mm-hmm. um, it's just something I've always been passionate about through college. I helped a lot of my teammates. Uh, with their swing. And then right after college, I worked for a guy named Jim McClain, well-known uh, instructor worldwide. 
and uh, the rest is history. I've been doing it for 15 years now. So it sounds to me that even when you were playing, you kind of had an idea that coaching might be something you were going to be interested in. Yeah, absolutely. It's almost like I care too much about the coaching aspect that it almost interfered with my playing sometimes. I would try to be too perfect or I would, you know, uh, look at other players' swings more than I would look at their entire game. And, um, you know, I'm glad it worked out the way it did. I'm really happy with where I'm at. So when did you decide that uh, turning pro was not going to be something you were going to pursue and instead, as you mentioned, the teaching, the coaching aspect is really where you were going to go? Sure, yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, right after college, I played in some mini-tour events on the Golden State Tour, which is Southern California's mini-tour. And I would play all right and shoot – 71, 72, and some player would shoot 62 on the same course that's not even on the PJ Tour. And so it was pretty clear, uh, you know, I'm not delusional that, you know, that might not be the best route. But I did still have such a passion for the game that I really wanted to make sure I could grow within that. And so teaching was like the first thing that I wanted to do. And luckily, I was able to start that right out of college. So this concept, Studio Golf, uh, how many years has this really been in the making as far as uh, you're concerned, as well as your partner who's been with you on this? Sure. Yeah, we're in our second year now. Uh, El Paso is actually going to be our launching site. So we're really excited to launch it in El Paso. And, um, you know, it's just so cool to kind of see the evolution of how it's evolved from start to finish and, you know, where we've landed. Uh, I think we're very happy with, you know, the design, the layout, the things that we've decided not to go with and go with. Um, and, you know, just what we're able to bring to El Paso and have golfers here utilize, I think is going to be like something they've never seen. That's great. And especially when you're talking about an indoor facility in a city where we had 40 plus days of 100 plus degree weather. So as you might imagine, as great as it is being outside and trying to bake in the middle of the El Paso heat, being inside and having a chance to still play, work on your golf game and, and, and hone your craft is something I'm sure a lot of people are pretty excited about. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we actually have a small indoor facility uh, that I started a few years ago in Southern California, and the weather's great. But because the technology is so good, it's been really easy to get people to go. And so I'm really excited to bring it to a place, like you said, where you know it might be 110 or 105, and being inside an air-conditioned room with good music, great technology, uh, just a good atmosphere that you would want to be in whether you're golfing or not, um, and able to really improve your game. So there's, you know, whether it's hot, cold, it's nighttime, you know, in the winter, it gets dark at four, you can still yeah. practice and improve and play golf. So, Devin, is the indoor facility in Southern California kind of your inspiration into growing this out and, and making this a reality here in El Paso? 100%. Absolutely. Now, um, when you put your, your wish list together, that has to be really where the fun is, right? Because there are other indoor facilities around the country, and you want to try and really make yours unique and, and, and allow it to start and, and grow from the ground up and, and, and appeal to people, right, from the outset. Yeah, for sure. And I think there are so many great facilities out there, and I think we've learned from a lot of different success stories. Um, but absolutely, it was almost like if I could design the perfect facility for people to improve at golf, to also see golf in this high, fun light, this modern atmosphere, not necessarily something from the past, and um, you know, be able to really see drastic improvement and actually get better. I just would see so many players over the years that I would coach improve a lot in the lesson, go practice on their own, come back for another lesson, and actually be worse than when they left the last lesson. And they put in the time, but they just weren't aware. They didn't have the feedback. And so now with technology, you can really show people, hey, did I do it right? Did I do it wrong? No wasted reps. Every swing's kind of working in the right direction. When did technology turn the corner to the point where it is now where you realized this can be a game changer, not just in the pros, but in anybody that plays the sport of golf? Yeah, 100%. And that's something that I think we are really looking forward to is that 
whether you're taking a lesson or you're just a member, you can use the same exact technology that all the best players in the world are using that you're seeing on the range at a PGA Tour event or at the U.S. Open. Uh, TrackMan Golf uh, is going to be the outfit for every single bay. That's the number one uh, launch monitor in the world. And so that really kind of helped change the game when it came out. However, initially it was just for outdoors. So they've done a great job kind of shifting, not that they don't do outdoors. Obviously, they still do a lot of that, but there's only so many players that are going to have their own track band. So they're seeing the shift with indoor facilities, having these track bands, and people wanting to know how far did I hit it every time? Yeah. What direction did I swing? Why did the ball curve 47 feet left? Like kind of understanding what happened um, on every shot, which you don't even get if you're on the range. That's true. Adrian, TrackMan sounds familiar because we saw it out at yeah. Radio Row when we were in uh, Phoenix for the Super Bowl this year. They had their own bay and were uh, very, I think uh, it was a very exclusive bay when TrackMan was out there for people. That's right. Actually, I've seen it uh, several times out. And I, I would I would ask you, Devin, the one thing that I have not seen is the putting green and how cool that is. That would probably be the worst thing for me because I could it would actually show me how bad of a putter I really am and how awful my short game is but to actually uh, stand on a mat and like you know hit a ball into the cup and actually see the the you know the the uh, the path of your ball and traveling that's a really cool thing the technology is caught on to yeah for sure so there's a company called putt view uh, based out of germany and it's just so unique and so cool and essentially you know there's been outdoor and indoor putting greens for a long time you know some are small ours are going to be about 20 by 40 feet something like that and um what it's going to be able to do is it just shows from projector from above, lasers down on the ground, tracking the ball that you actually hit. But also it will just show you, like, when you're putting, you want to know, where do I want to aim? How can I envision the curve of the ball? So it will actually show you the curve of the ball. Then it will follow your ball as well. It will also show you the slopes on the green, like water's draining. It's very visual, and I think putting is something that's, if anything, more of an art. And so it's able to use technology to make people more creative and, and better putters. Now, it's interesting. We're, we're talking right now with, uh, again, uh, Devin Bonebreak. He's here with us. We're, the, the new company is going to be called Studio Golf. It's opening here in El Paso. So it sounds to me like you're taking the best technology from every aspect of the game of golf, whether it's trackmen, you mentioned putt view. There's just different types of uh, things that you're going to incorporate into this one facility rather than use just one and hope that it can handle everybody. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we're going to have golf-specific fitness as well. Uh, within that, we have different machines that have workouts laid out on a screen showing, hey, if you want more power, if you want more rotational speed, uh, if you need to be more flexible. We all, at times, if we're sitting at a desk, uh, need to be more flexible. So we're going to hit it from every angle, as you mentioned, and um, we're really excited about that. So companies like PutView and Trackman, when did that you know, I asked you earlier about the, te- the technology. When did it advance to the point where now the pros use it? It's it's become the most um, accepted form of of really uh, you know golf um, instruction. When did the evolution take place? Sure. So um, TrackMan actually came out twenty years ago, but the evolution of what was coming out twenty years ago and what they have now is is vastly different. But you know, pros would basically use it the whole way because at, at that point in time, it is the leader in the marketplace. And so TrackMan has always done a great job at you know wanting to make sure whatever information they put out, it's one hundred percent correct, it's the best and the most reliable, and then the best players want to use it. So that obviously has a trickle down effect to the basic consumer. And so every time you hit a shot, you know, I know on some you know past experiences on different simulators, you might not trust the shot you're seeing. We know, super reliable with TrackMan, that what you see is what you get. So this facility is going to have everything. It's going to have club fitting. It's going to have professionals. I'm interested in how the professionals will work. Will you be bringing people in from out of town, or will these be El Paso golf pros that will have a chance to get certified and trained in this technology? 
Great question. So we are going to certify everyone through my knowledge. We're going to have a whole training program for them, um, but we're going to still try to hire the best of the best. So whether there's someone local in El Paso or there's someone in North Dakota, we're doing a national search, actually worldwide. Um, I've had people reach out already from uh, different parts of the country, New York, London. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to kind of get the best candidate, bring them to El Paso. Or maybe, like I said, maybe there's someone that's already here. Um, but the training programs are very rigorous. We just want to make sure we have the best experience for all the members and all the people that are taking lessons. Now, we have a ton of different courses loaded up where you keep it very uh, simple to certain golf courses. How is that going to work? Yeah, great question. So there's actually hundreds of courses, and there's also different modules within TrackMan that you can use. So you can essentially just be on a range. You can be in a test center where every single shot is given a percentile as far as like how close it is to the pin relative to the PGA Tour. Uh, so it's very fun in the sense that you can be training, you can be, you can test yourself. It has a putting module, has games that you can play. So for kids, you're hitting a golf shot, you know, over a building. Uh, it's very flexible, but then also you can play Pebble Beach. You can play these iconic courses, um, which is also great when you have groups of guys coming in. We're going to do league nights, so it's going to be competitive. And I think especially when it's either too hot or too cold or in the winter, it's going to be a great nighttime weekday activity for, you know, maybe young parents or people at home that just don't have anything to do but watch TV. And not to mention the fact that I guess as much as we want to get um, everybody that plays the game of golf to come out here and be a part of this, if you're a youngster and whether you play baseball or you've gone out and you've you've hit golf balls someplace but you've never really taken it seriously, this could be the perfect launching pad to the next uh, you know the, the next wave of, of young golfers. Yeah, I love how you said that, 100%. And what's really cool about it is that it's a very learning-centric environment. And so golf's one of those unusual sports where you could put 100 hours over the course of a few months into the sport and actually be worse if you're working on the wrong things. I don't know about you, but if I was to go running 100 hours, I would probably be a little bit better at running by the end of that you know, course of time, where in golf it's not necessarily true. Um, at the same time, you can get good really quickly. So creating and curating these programs for kids of you know, how to develop the most quickly, we've learned it all, the science is all there, so it's just getting the environment that they can thrive in, essentially. Devin Bonebreak is here. We'll, we'll get more details. We're going to find out when it's opening, where it's opening, what the entire experience will be like, will there be monthly memberships, annuals, um, all that will we'll continue right now. It's a very interesting subject as Sports Talk rolls along. If you've got questions for Devin, hey, now's the time to call in. 505-6009. That's our telephone number. More in a moment as a Sports Talk rolls along. But first, let's go to Charlie One and get this traffic update. And we're back with uh, Devin Bonebreak. He's with us here. Studio Golf is the... Topic of conversation, it's going to be opening up in El Paso soon. We're talking all about indoor golf and the just the, the dream behind this and, and why someone who hosts a show that is the number one show in, in golf right now wants to get into this business venture here in El Paso. I think that's the biggest thing that probably stunned some of our listeners is that when they listen and say that, you know, you're, you're looking to do this in California. Oh, and by the way, El Paso is going to be the, the uh, first studio golf uh, facility. Some people are probably wondering, why, Devin? Why, why El Paso, of all the places that could have been picked anywhere around the country? Yeah, great question. So we wanted to check out a couple out-of-state locations, um, and I teach a gentleman here, that uh, Philip Ingram, he uh, is the uh, majority investor, and so he has some businesses here, such as T2Go and um, some other ones, and so he just said, hey, why don't you look at El Paso and you check it out, here's some of the details, here are the demographics, and you know, we just thought that it would be a really good fit with the weather changing from winter to summer, 
um, with people being big golfers here, being very um, you know golf, big golf enthusiasts here, we thought that it would be a, a perfect market to at least launch it, and then we can kind of learn a little bit from there and, and adapt as needed. But we're really excited to be here. We wanted to be in a market like this, and so um, I'm glad we found El Paso. I'm glad that Philip helped talk you into it. That, yeah, that sounds yeah. that sounds good to me too. I like yeah, that. Absolutely. So it shows you that uh, you know it, the sales pitch worked. You're happy, ready to go, and, and launch this thing here. Yeah, I've been ex- I'm excited. Uh, and actually visiting the site this last week has been so cool to kind of see everything, all the renderings come to fruition and, you know, see the build out uh, coming along and just all the different people that have been so nice. El Paso has been great. Everyone I've met here has been, you know, just terrific. Uh, we went to Chihuahua's game today. I mean, it was just, it was awesome. And it sounds like the facility is coming soon, sooner than people realize it'll, it will be here before the end of the year. Yes, it will be here November 1st is when we're launching. Um, we're going to have a soft opening and then a grand opening at the beginning of December. Excellent. Now, as far as memberships go, how will that work? Sure. So um, any of the services you can use, so you can get a golf lesson, putting lesson, fitness assessment, uh, club fitting, all of those things you can do without being a member. But we're really trying to grow the membership for people to be able to utilize the facility on their own without a coach. And I think that's a big differentiator from other facilities where you always have to be with a coach when you're doing these things. So membership's going to start. We have a 25 founding member membership. So we're going to have a total of 150 members to 200 members, but the first 25 are going to be rated right at 195. And then once that's full, we're going to jump up. Um, so we're really trying to get people in the door early at a really good price for what we're offering. Um, definitely lower than market for what we are providing and uh, just kind of show El Paso that we're serious about this. I think that's a, a pretty good bargain when you realize what a round of golf costs in the city and what you could get to have this, uh, an opportunity to play really as often as you want. Yes, exactly. Morning, noon, night, perfect weather, you know, great music playing and, um, you know, just very accessible. That was something we also wanted to be just very accessible to people. Um, You know, maybe they have two hours for lunch and they want to stop by. It's going to be hard to play 18 holes. You're going to have to change. But, you know, if you do that at Studio Golf, it's going to be a walk in the park. And is the object probably maybe use the coach when you first join just to understand how the system works and then once you feel like, you know what, I can do this on my own, you don't necessarily need the coach. But if you decide you want to get back and maybe have a lesson or two or some extra analysis, it's there for you as well. Sure. So, yeah, I think there's a cadence that can fluctuate. So I think initially, yeah, having a coach there, um, let's say you might w- want to take a lesson once a week and then in between lessons you can go and you can practice. And then as time goes on, you know, especially if the lessons are getting a little bit redundant, you might be like, okay, I can go a month now without having a lesson. So it depends on the individual, how much time they practice. A lot of people ask me that all the time, how many lessons should I have? And I, my answer is always, how many times are you going to practice in between lessons? So um, people that are avid golfers, I think that's important to you know see a coach somewhat regularly. But the whole design, the whole concept behind this was being able to self-correct on your own and having the feedback without having to have a coach there so that people can actually get better at a very rapid rate. I think the biggest thing I look at when I see the website, uh, which is studiogolfclub.com, that really jumped out to me, is that you're going to have a smart gym in the facility. And most golf facilities, the word gym is not necessarily part of the same complex. But nowadays, everybody is into fitness. And you look at the tour and see the physiques and how they've changed so much over the last, really, 25, 30 years that it makes sense having a smart gym as part of a studio golf. Yeah, you make such a good point. I mean, everyone on the PGA Tour now has a team. They have a trainer. They have a physio guy. They have a putting instructor. They have a nutritionist. So uh, we wanted to have you know a mini version of that for everyone. And so we're going to have a team where if an instructor wants a player to turn more, but maybe the player isn't quite flexible, he can go over to the strength and, 
strength and conditioning coach and he can show them some exercises. They can get an assessment and say, hey, I know you want this guy to turn more, but his body's not ready for this. We need to actually put him through a few of these different exercises or training programs. Um, and also the smart gym is going to be able to help train you on your own. So you're going to have different coaches on a screen telling you how you can get stronger, how you can get more flexible and guiding you through all of these different exercises that are pertinent just to golf, which is really cool. Adrian, I, I feel like this 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 facility is is already calling out to us. It's it's definitely going to be something come on, come that on. we're going to be spending some time at, right? Yeah, it feels like something that you know you could take all members of your family to uh, an uh, an environment that is family friendly, which is so important as well. So not only can you and I go here after work, but we could also invite the family as well to be a part of it and also learn a lot about golf when they go there. Is that one of the objectives, really, when you start to think about how this can evolve? Yeah, I mean, I think word of mouth is the you know the best form of compliment from you know for any business, and so I do think that you know initially maybe you'll just get very avid golfers or people that are really interested in learning it, but as time goes on, I think people will see how inviting it is, how fun of a environment it is, and so kind of naturally you're going to have you know. Uh, dads bring their daughters or bring their wives or the wives maybe bring their husbands in, you know, however it might may work. Um, and that's something that we really encourage. Is this going to be something set up for parties, events, gatherings, things like that? Businesses that want to just have an outing and, and bring some of their, their team out to, to have enjoy themselves, but also, uh, you know, play a little golf at the same time. Is that really the, you know, also an, another part of this? I'm really glad you brought that up because it, it absolutely is. That's something that we really want to harness and um, try to grow is just corporate events, certain parties, birthday parties, things like that. It's still going to be primarily performance-based, but we definitely want to be able to host businesses and have events there and showcase what we have. And uh, like I said, the environment in the facility is high-end, Really nice furniture, modern look. So I think it's something that a lot of businesses really enjoy. Where will it be opening up on the west side? The canyons at Cimarron. Oh, excellent. All right. That's a, that, and that's a, an area that just continues to develop. And there are so many places to eat and places to shop. It just seems like it's a natural for you guys. It seems like a great fit. It was so cool going there the other day and just seeing all the different successful modern businesses that are there that are thriving and um, I just thought we were a perfect fit they were telling me it the whole time and uh, now that I'm here I, I believe them well I think Philip and Victoria know a little something too so that's good and then as this facility grows we will see one also on the east side to complement the west side down the road we were just out there today looking at some different properties and so we really want to bring it to both sides of El Paso and so that's kind of the next step in the city all right so Devin where do you see this thing going let's uh, let's just uh, let's say uh, we'll fast forward three to five years from now we're talking to you again Devin great to see you congratulations on studio golf it's really started to make an impact in El Paso where is your model you know three to five years down the road sure yeah I, I see it in every major marketplace. I mean, anywhere that there's golfers and people that want to learn, I think, especially with the number of people that, you know, we can kind of support uh, membership wise, I think that there's no reason why it couldn't be in every single city. Why do you think it is that indoor golf facilities haven't yet caught on the way some of us would have expected them to as the technologies come out? I would have figured that something like this would have started years ago and would have already really branched out, but it hasn't yet, which is why you're coming out with Studio Golf. Yeah, I think we're seeing it, you know, heavily grow in certain markets. But yeah, you're correct, not necessarily nationally. And so um, it's really interesting. Also, if you go to South Korea, due to the density and the cost of land, etc. I mean, they're absolutely everywhere. So I think it's just forecasting the future of what we're going to see in the United States. Most major markets, the real estate is way too much in the city to build new courses, maybe the water's too expensive, whatever it might be. This is something that could be actually placed in, in, in any situation. So 
Um, I'm really excited to see it in places where people have access to all the tools that the PGA Tour players do, and it's not something that they have to travel to go see or wish that they had access to. Will we ever have a studio golf circuit where people play in a tour event, they go from facility to facility, and they actually compete for prize money playing in, 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 a, in a facility like this? So I, I love that you brought that up because what's so cool about the technology is you don't even have to travel from facility to facility, but you can still compete against people in other facilities. So as we have more facilities, someone that's on the San Diego studio golf circuit can train and practice against or um, compete against someone that's in El Paso. I mean, you see it in video games all the time. People are yeah. playing Call of Duty with guys from all over the world. It's not that much different in golf. And something like that, you know, with the tracking and with the numbers, they can actually quantify if someone's beating someone else, which is really cool. And that TrackMan actually has tours that are coming out now for golf professionals really? to compete in. You win thousands of dollars. So the sky's the limit. Sky's the really, limit. When you really look at where we're headed and, and where we are right now. Yeah, and you look at, you know, Tiger's actually starting his own, um, you know, digital golf uh, circuit, you know, for professionals. Rory signed on, Justin Thomas invested. Uh, It's something that's you just see it growing in all capacities. And it's it's very exciting to see that be accepted. And, um, you know, COVID really helped golf. There's so many more people golfing. And this is just such a great way to learn. And um, it's just so accessible. I'll tell you something else that's really fascinating to me. One of those new um, games that came out on uh, PlayStation involves, I think, Augusta is, is the name of the. It's like the Masters game, and you can play at Augusta National. And a friend of mine has um, a son that's my uh, my son's age, and an older son who's thirteen. And apparently, he's played so much golf on the game that he's watched the way the golfers swing, and he's emulated that. And on his own, and his golf game has improved dramatically just because he's been able to apply what he's seen playing the game on the course. You said you have a 28-inch vertical. I have probably a, a less than that, which is why I used to. We, you're, you're teaching golf, and I'm on a microphone. So we could play NBA 2K till we're blue in the face. It's not going to change the way we play basketball. Sure. But from a standpoint of being 13 playing golf, I love stories like this because this could be where it's headed, where facilities like yours with studio golf and, and kids learning to play games, they get into it because they're able to apply what they see on the television to themselves. Sure, yeah. Kids are such visual learners, so I think that that's such a cool thing to see and, and to hear from you. And, you know, my dream, too, is to be able to access as many people as possible. Um, through Golf Pass and the Golf Channel, I'm able to create videos and whatnot. But my dream long-term is to be able to give lessons to every single member at Studio Golf digitally, which I think is going to be very cool. So people can emulate certain swing drills. We can do group classes, but it can be over on a national level and not just in one city. I want to mention again the website, studiogolfclub.com. You can go down to the bottom of the the homepage where it talks about the founding members. And if you click the link, you can actually have the opportunity to try to become one of the 25 founders before it fills up. Because once it's done, it's done. So if you want to get in at a great rate and, and really enjoy this once the facility opens up, that's it. Will you be able to utilize it in both locations? eventually. So let's say you get the founders rate uh, on the west side and then you live on the east side. And when the east side facility opens up, will you be able to apply that there as well? Yes, we really wanted to talk about that. And that's something that I think is very important. People don't necessarily always work where they live or vice versa. Um, and so I think it's important that if you're out shopping or you're traveling to the west side or vice versa, traveling the east side, if you want to go to a studio golf, it's your home either side. Either way. And $199 is a bargain when you start to think about what you can get and what this facility has compared to what it's going out by. And I'm not even – listen, folks, 
I'm not doing this as a paid endorsement. I'm just telling you facts are facts. That's a very, very reasonable price to get yourself locked in to begin. Sure, yeah. What I was mentioning to you, too, like every single bay that we've created, and obviously there's the fitness, the putting, all that in addition to it, but every single bay that we've created wholesale is $66,000 to, to put up. So if you were to have one of these bays in your house, it would cost you almost $100,000. I mean, think how many months you could be a member before it would ever add up to that. And then by the time you pay it off, guess what? The technology's old, and you probably want something else anyway. So um, I think it's just such a great value, and that's why I think it's going to be so cool to give people access to something like this. Football season starts tomorrow. Do you watch the NFL as well? Or are you so into golf you don't have time for any other sport? I'm almost so into golf I don't have time for any other sport. I'm a big basketball fan. So Steph Curry, probably my all-time favorite player. Michael right. Jordan, too. Who's the greatest player of all time? I'm going to get a lot of heat for this. I think Steph Curry. Really? I do. Over MJ? I think he's more skilled, I but heard. I think MJ's a, probably the more dominant player. God, I could have spent the rest of the show talking about this subject, Adrian. Yeah. Steph Curry over Michael Jordan. Devin's, Devin's dropping a, a, a big one on us at the end of the show. <laughs> Change the game right there. Absolutely. Hey, listen, it's great to meet you. Congratulations, Thank you, you uh, and Philip Victoria. It sounds like it's going to be really exciting stuff, and we'll look forward to being a part of the journey and, and getting a chance to see the facility soon enough. Appreciate that. Thanks for having me on. You got it. Devin Bonebreak, folks, with us as we continue here. 34 pass. Let's get to Sports Center. We'll come back with more in a moment. 600 ESPN El Paso. Interesting stuff. So. The real fit fam is already throwing down a Franklin Cougar taking a looks like a bird and body slamming him onto a mat in advance of the Battle of I. Uh, I say bad. The West Side Bowl is what it is. Same this thing, is, right? Yeah, it's, it might as well be. This is uh, this is hilarious. I can uh, you imagine a packed um, you know a packed gymnasium of kids and they see that how excited they're going to get. So I guess this was the Franklin prep rally, and I guess this was a chicken that was supposed to be the Thunderbird, and then it's just this video of the cougar just going nonstop, uh, tackling this bird, and I guess this is in anticipation for tomorrow's Westside Bowl. Westside Bowl is going to be a big deal tomorrow night. It should be, right? I mean, hey, Coronado's uh, stepped it up over the past year. They've really, they really have. They look good last week against Canetillo. I like uh, this Coronado team big time. Uh, second year head coach Mike Pry has done a nice job of kind of transforming that team. And then on the Franklin side of things, they bring a D1 prospect to the table with their quarterback, Shea Smith. Should be a great game. Where is Shea so far? What what offers has he received at this point? So this is an interesting question because they he has offers from the likes of Utah, UTEP, SMU, biggest question right now, oh, and Texas Tech, biggest question right now is which position will he play? Because uh, he played a linebacker in 2020. He was not the starting quarterback then and was a dominant pass rusher. And over the past two seasons, he's assumed the role as their starting quarterback, playing a, a kind of a dual threat style uh, as a passer and uh, uses the run game to his advantage, but can also throw the ball as well. So it will be interesting to see what position he takes at college if he's quarterback that has Dana Dimmel's name written all over it so the interesting part about that situation is Gael Ochoa same class same position quarterback as well why not bring them both in I'm I'm with you on that and develop both and see which one goes and and by the way and and whoever beats each listen again I hate the fact that nowadays we have to talk about this saying well, if, you're, if you've got one committed, you can't recruit the other because then they don't want any kind of competition. You know what? There's no reason to take – why not take the two best players and prospects in town 
bring them both on board and let them battle to see who potentially the future of the program could 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 wind up with. So I think I think that way. I, I'm all about competition. I'm sure Shea Smith would embrace competition. He he would be a part of this. So I don't want to knock his name or you know his dad Paul Smith who played for the Miners yep. and obviously has a big tie with this university here. I will say this: the other uh, offers he he has, it's arguably more prolific than UTEP. I mean, going to Houston, maybe he could he could play quarterback over there. Plays at Utah, could play quarterback over there. SMU, they're going to the ACC. What if he's a quarterback over there? So uh, much better offers out there and opportunities, whereas Gael Ochoa, I felt like UTEP was his best opportunity. I will flip that around and say that there could be much better competition at the other schools with much higher prospects that have bigger pedigrees, not to mention maybe you want to follow in your dad's footsteps and play at the same school that he starred in before he had a chance to play for the 49ers in the NFL. I like that argument right there. I think that uh, that could be the case for Shea Smith. Um, I also just want to know at the end of the day, what position does he want to play? I mean, is, is he going to be a quarterback when it's all said and done? Is he uh, committed to that? They list him as athlete on rivals. They list him at quarterback on 247 Sports where he's a three-star prospect right now. And the offers still could keep coming in. It's well, not just Houston SMU and Texas Tech. It's also North Texas, Texas State. So he's heavily recruited. He's a high, highly sought-after guy right now i want shay and paul together on the show so we can ask him this question and get to the bottom of it why should we assume things when we can just talk to him face to face on this program i think that'd be a great conversation that'd be awesome i would really like that i hope they would say yes to that all right let's see if we can work on setting that up okay that would be terrific 19 in front of seven back to wrap our show up stay with us sports talk continues 600 espn el paso